When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. recording for about fucking 25 minutes finding out that i am a music snob by a 22 year old if you're even that old yet but mason how are you sorry for having a delayed episode for you folks jesus that was horrible what's up dude um first of all i'm 20 not 22 don't age me but i'm good um yeah delayed episode don't age me don't ever don't fucking age me. Don't get on here. You're you're the old man. Don't try Look, to bring me I might be a music snob, but you're already at 20 years old. Don't you dare bring my age into this. Don't bring my age into this. Yeah. Fuck out of here. You wait till you're 30 and you're like, these stupid kids, dumbass kids. You're you're the old man that yells at Cloud. At who? You're the old man that yells at Cloud. I the love clouds. I love clouds. Why would I yell? Anyway, um, I'm doing well. We had uh, had like we were both kind of busy last night. You were working the um, the fucking the Saints, Saints Buccaneers game. Go Bucks! <coughs> Tom Brady, sorry, excuse me there. Tom Brady was in the building for you. Yeah, and I, I actually had... saw him, and I was like, "Look at this fucking guy. He's a goat." Yeah, he's not the goat. <laughs> Who is Drew Brees? No, buddy. Fucking oh, Tui Tagle of Vassal, whatever fuck his name is from fucking nah, Dan Marino, man. The goat. I respect that. I respect that. Greatest to never win for sure. Tua, by the way, what a fucking game for him. But this is not a football podcast. This is a podcast. And we have a lot to talk about today. So, first and foremost, let's jump right into it. Literally, what? Like hours after our recording, Sunday. Uh, well, hours after we dropped the recording. <laughs> yeah, um, Habs come out with the news that there's a new Capitan. Capitan. Nick Suzuki, 
<coughs> oh, sorry. Nick Suzuki got the C. Um, I don't think anyone on the face of the earth is surprised by this, but what a great, like, I think he's the perfect guy for the job and he seems to be handling it well. What I, want I was to a bit about, surprised. You were surprised? In, in an aspect, right? I think that if Gorton, if, if it was still under, uh, Deuce, not, not Duchamp, Jesus Christ. If it was still under Mark Bergevin and Shea Weber was gone, I think it would have went to Galley. But I think with the new group coming in with the useful movement, I think Suzuki was the candidate instead of Brendan Gallagher. Um, but that's all I was shocked about. I just, I would have gave it to Brendan Gallagher for, Gallagher for a little bit. But nonetheless, he takes it like a fucking champ. The most underrated um, team player of this generation. That is a statement of this generation. Yes. How about decade? Is that better? No, no, no. no. Well, yeah, he's a half player, but I meant like of just the NHL. I think he is like Brendan Gallagher is the most underrated player of his generation. No, no, no. Team like team guy. Like team like a team player. Not under not underrated player, sure, but oh, not that's... the most. I'm talking like as far as like the atmosphere and what he brings to his team and his teammates. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about his ice. I don't know, man. You've got I don't know, man. I don't it's know. It's an about opinion. That. It's an opinion. Young man, champ, sport. That's a bold, a bold take. Look, there's some older people that listen to this that are probably like, you know what? I'm finally going to side with, with Corey. <laughs> I'm not Brendan saying Gallagher deserved his due. I'm not saying there's like that Galley has isn't un, hasn't been underrated throughout his career. I don't mean his like, like performance. I, I know mean, what you're saying as a team player and like as a guy that spent a decade on one team, which is crazy. And what he brings to the Habs, I just, that is a very bold statement, but I do. Dude, I'll die on that fucking hill. Opinion. I don't care. Well, anyway, we're getting off topic. I want to talk. That's what about I'm here for. <laughs> what I want to discuss is the reaction, not only around um, Habs circles, the players, media members but also because we're a quebec based team Quebec, the fucking political leaders in the region both pierre legault and his opposition who i can't be bothered to know the name of him i don't know these people the premier of quebec and the man who's running against him mm-hmm. both calling for nick suzuki to learn uh french and uh the premier went a step further saying simply one upon hearing the news that the captain of the Montreal Canadiens must speak French. Did Shea Weber speak French? Did Shea Weber speak French? Did Saku Koivu speak French? Then get the fuck out of here. Shut the fuck up. Who cares? That's why I like Gordon in office because he doesn't give a fuck about it. He'll do his best to learn it, but it ain't fucking. And this is, and it's Nixon. It ain't the only reason why you're here. It's just I don't, like it's not that impactful, but just shut the fuck up. It's basically all I want to say. Nick Suzuki is making an effort to learn French. He's made that known. He stayed in Quebec all summer, stayed in Montreal. 
He's le- he said he took courses on Babel or something. He's making an effort. All he needs to know is very basic conversational things. But you know what? If he wants to learn and grasp a fluid understanding to become totally fluent in French, the amount of time that takes, the amount of hours. Listen, I'd rather win in a Stanley Cup. I'd rather he spend that time on the ice, off ice training, or just chilling out so that he can, you know, focus. Yeah, so he's not like overwhelmed. I don't give a fuck if he if he speaks fucking Dutch, okay? And he we have to get everything through a translator, or if he speaks through sign language for all I care. As long as we win a cup, that's what matters. Okay, we haven't won a cup since 1993, and these fucking idiots are talking about, oh, well, can he speak French? I was one. Yeah, I, it's just I wasn't even a thought. Not a shot. <laughs> Not a chance. Most of this fan base can't remember. Like you really like most of this fan base probably can't remember the last time the house won a cup. You know, honestly, the Habs winning the cup in '93 is probably the only reason why. Um, my dad played with them, you know, like, uh, on the, the Genesis it's, and the fact that like they won. So like, you see like, uh, like two live crew and Snoop Dogg and like, like rappers wearing their fucking jerseys and music videos when I'm a kid, like that is probably the only reason that like drew me to this team because as a child, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, they're my favorite team because, you know, uh, the French Canadians settled down here and made the fucking Cajuns and, you know, fucking France ruled uh, New Orleans. So that's why they're my favorite team. Like I learned that later, but like the Canadians were like massive when I was like first, like, you know, like watching TV and like seeing jerseys and shit. So I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. I'm a little drunk. It's all good. Anyway, we're just, I just going to get it out there that I think that's, it's just an absurd conversation to be having when in reality, the we boy has be, to speak French or he get the fuck. We should you be talking about out. how great an accomplishment it is that it, he's Nick Suzuki is now the youngest captain in Canadian's history. That's right. At 23 years old. And this is firmly, it's, you know, it's never been in denial. I don't think for the last year, but this is absolutely his team. No, absolutely. Um, another crazy thing, uh, just to think of how old the Canadians are to think that he's the 31st captain. And I know there's a lot of teams that are like that. They don't have high numbers and stuff like that. But it's just it's so crazy to think that a number as low as 31 is. Well, to be, you know, and to be captain of the Montreal Canadiens more than any other city, least fans can whine. It, it's just a simple fact. It's true. It's fact of the matter. More than any other sport. The only compar- comparable I think you really get is like, fuck, like, I don't even know. Like, shortstop for the Yankees, maybe. QB for the Dallas Cowboys. There aren't many comparables. Being the captain of the Montreal Canadiens is just such a significant honor. You are on such a pedestal. There's so much pressure more than any other situation in sports. 
like you are singularly and you are not actually responsible, but you have the single most pressure to perform and you have to face the Goliath that is the Montreal media. It is unsatiable. They are never, ever happy. They will criticize you and they will question you. And if you're Nick Suzuki or any other captain, Saku got it too. They will ask you when you're going to learn French. They will berate you. They will come after you until they drive you out of town. It's a simple fact of the matter. Not many Canadians captains are remembered as heroes. It, it's very, it's what reason Jean Bellevaux is remembered with, on, with such magnitude, right? He's remembered mm-hmm. as this God, Henri Richard, Maurice Richard. There's very, if you think about it, 31 captains, how many of them do you remember without, do they speak of with no, no stain, right? Saku was the longest reigning captain in Montreal Canadiens history. One of the greatest players, you know, you could say in the, in the modern era for the team, you know, they talk about how great a leader he was and all this, but they still go, well, he didn't ever make an attempt to learn French. <laughs> they still say <laughs> they, still, they still throw mud at him. Like they still, that's what I mean. It's very hard to be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. However, I think there were two very solid choices. I think Edmondson could have been, would have been an obvious stopgap, but a decent choice. But the fact that the Habs were able to choose between Brendan Gallagher and Nick Suzuki, I don't think either one was the wrong choice. Nick Suzuki, based on his comments, however, saying, you know, he's ready to win. He knows what it takes. He's calm. He took time to think about it when they asked him. He's ready for this. Now, would I have named him this year? I'm not sure because I don't know if he needs that pressure, but I think he'll be able to take it. I don't think it's going to hinder him. I think if, yeah, I think if there was one guy on the team that's young that could take on this type of role and, you know, like risk your play, I think it, this is the guy. Well, and, and I think that's what made it easy for them. Well, in that aspect, the only argument against Nick Suzuki is that, like I said, he doesn't know French. Not that. <laughs> the only legitimate argument <laughs> against Nick Suzuki is that, you know, you want him to focus on his play. And you it's his fourth year. All this, right? Mm-hmm. How, and then. But if you look at Brendan Gallagher, there is a real criticism there. And it's that if he doesn't play well again, you are the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Gallagher is still the life, the, the heartbeat, heart and soul of this team. He's the blood, the lifeblood. This team draws breath from Brendan Gallagher every time he steps on the ice. But it's really hard to be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens if you're not playing well. I love that you said that. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, but if he gets injured again, it's not a pretty Mm -hmm. scene. He's locked in for a long time. It's just a lot of variables. So I think Gallagher, you know, that's the only thing you can put against him. So I think they made the right choice here. Uh, I love that you said that 
he's the the heartbeat because Galley said that Suzuki is the heartbeat of the team, and it, but that just speaks so well on of who he is, and really fucking backs what I said earlier, um, is that no matter what, you know, he is going to take whatever whatever's thrown his way, he is going to always support his fucking team. Like you just said that, um, that gal is the heartbeat and galley, like the first, you know, like when they asked him about it, he said that Nick Suzuki is the heartbeat. I uh, quoted, he's our leader and we're happy to follow him. Uh, any way that me and Ed can make it easier on him. We're going to be here to support him along the way. He's younger. It might be a little different for him, but he's fully ready for the opportunity uh, and some more, but I'm, that's that's what I'm saying though. Like he he will never you'll never see Galley be like, why not me? Or or like it's it's never about him in, in any of his media, it's always you know making someone else shine brighter. And that's why he will, you know, regard if he didn't get the fucking C, he will forever be uh, an alternate, you know. Oh, absolutely. Gallagher is, I think we have a strong leadership core here. Very I don't true. know how long Edmondson sticks around. He's not that old. He's what, 28, 29. We'll see. I think the coaching staff really likes him. He provides some stability on the back end. God. Great leader. Good in the locker room. How old is he? Um, oh no, I wasn't saying God to, to your statement. Um, it was, I just took a sip of a very warm beer. Oh. Um. Uh, he is twenty nine. Yeah, it's not. Years old. Yeah, twenty nine. I was about to say it's not listed, but now I just got to do simple math. Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, so not that old. Um, you know, I, I think for him, if he was captain, it would have been a stop. It would have been an obvious stopgap. So I think the has made the right decision here, and um, wasn't the only kind of moving, moving on here. Unless you have anything else to add about Nick Suzuki being captain. No, I'm proud of it. Um, despite what I said in the beginning, I think he is a great fit. And it, at only being four years into the league, he carries himself so well and is like what you would want in a Canadian's captain, you know? Um, Absolutely. He might um, be soft spoken, you know, but he's like a, a driven leader. Reminds me of like a, a Joe Pavelski. Like, you know, might not be the loudest person in the room. But he will, you know, he gets respect the way that he plays the game, the way that he he carries himself. And Absolutely. they're gonna follow him. Was not the only announcement Habs made. <laughs> However, the only one I really was emphatic for, uh, Habs announced and released their new fucking jersey sponsor, RBC. Now I'll go out on a limb here and say first and foremost that. Of any advertising the Habs could have got, at least it fits the color scheme. At least it's RBC. Okay. I didn't know what RBC was. I had to do a little homework. <laughs> it's a it's a reputable, it's a bank, okay? Like it's it's a cool logo. It's not it's like, massive. It is fucking massive. Well, here's my here's why I say that, okay. The RBC has been around for probably fucking, I don't know, probably like 200 years, right? They're an old institution. 
they're respectable. They have, you know what I mean? It's like Rolex kind of, you know what I'm saying? They're a it's bank. Respectable. They're a bank. <laughs> okay. Banks aren't known to be nice. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're a respectable organization. You're okay? right. You're right. If the Habs rolled out with fucking bet 99 on their fucking jersey. <laughs> you know okay. I, I see where you're coming from. Like, you need like a bit of like or integrity like, like, to be on or this jersey. Like crypto.com. Like fucking uh, ba- like Boston that. pizza. Like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> at least, at least we have that going for us. However, the Edmonton Oilers announced that they will not be having a jersey sponsorship. Badasses. So I they're know gonna get a spike in fucking sales from that. Like <laughs> what I'm saying, here's my if it was a mandatory thing, the NHL announced it, I'd be pissed, but not at the Habs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed at the NHL for allowing this to happen. They promised us they would not touch jerseys. Yeah, here we are. Just let me um <clears throat> Jeff fucking Molson, man. Coming out here, and I don't, I just like, I don't understand. We spoke about this before the fucking season started. You cannot touch that fucking jersey. That jersey is one of the oldest jerseys in all of organized sports. It doesn't just represent 24 fucking Stanley Cups, it doesn't just represent hundreds of over 150 years of hockey history. It doesn't just represent countless hours on the ice, countless games, countless goals, countless just wins, memories, records. It represents a province. It represents a nation. It represents the struggle between Francophone people and Anglophone people. When the rocket was a player. It represents hockey. There is not a more iconic jersey in the National Hockey League, in the sport. You can, you know, the Leafs may be close. They may even be on par. But it's theirs has changed. The Habs mm-hmm. logo has stayed the same. Unaltered. Unmessed with. Like, it has... It's, it is sacred and they've fucking defiled it. And for me to now see that the Edmonton Oilers, the fucking Edmonton Oilers, the big, one of the biggest fucking jokes in the National Hockey League, they don't have a fucking, these guys just signed fucking Jake for Tannen and Vander Kane. <laughs> They're literally running a prison over there. And yet they, respect their jersey more it just baffles me what baffles me more is all the people on social media fucking defending it they're going oh well it's 30 million dollar revenue that you know the revenue is bad they need to make money you're fuck you're defending a fucking billionaire like yeah, do it's, you not, realize it's, it's not it's not helping the guys that have to pay the escrow back due to COVID, it's not right? helping the players <laughs> it's not helping our it's pockets. not helping the fans it's it's money that goes it's just gross promotion that money they lose all that escrow money from the salary cap 
if you look into it, this money goes straight into the fucking owner's pockets. And they and I see people saying, well, that's oh, why it's house. shady because it's a fucking bank. It's a bank. <laughs> it's well, disgusting. People say, but people say, oh, well, the haves lost money in uh, the COVID year, right? Okay. Yeah, a lot of teams lost money. They chose to play. The players chose to play. And even if you're taking the side of the players here and you think it'll help them, it's a little more respectful. Might I add, the players are millionaires. The players are millionaires. I don't care. Like, I do not care. We are fans here, okay? We're fans of the sport. The only reason those fucking billionaire owners and those players have all the money and get to do all these things and play a child's game for a living is because you go out and you pay to watch them play and you pay to watch them on TV. That's how they get the ad revenue. That's how they fill seats. That's how they pay their players. That's how they make all their billions. That is the reason RBC is willing to pay $30 million to stamp their fucking logo on our sacred jersey. It's because they know you are watching. So I don't take this fucking argument of people defending the fucking billionaire owners saying they lost revenue. I don't care. The fans did not want this. And the league and the owners turned their back on us everyone should be fucking pissed because we knew it wasn't going to stop at helmet ads they told us i would they told us it would and they lied to us we all knew it was a lie and here we are and you're telling me it's going to end at this no it's not going to end at this because i remember when even the boards. Do you remember the boards never used to have that many ads? Yeah. That it was just going to be the boards. We won't touch the ice. They touch the ice. Then they started projecting even more ads onto the ice and onto the fucking glass. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't going to end. And it's fucking ridiculous. And it just pisses me off to see people defending it. It makes no sense to me. Absolutely not. And I don't know if you have anything else to add. I'm not going to ramble anymore on on about it anymore. But as a fan, like I'm not buying a fucking jersey with an ad on it, man. No, I don't plan on it. Um, I guess one, it's 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 honestly a fucking loophole. But it's like uh, RBC is going to donate if you choose to buy uh, a jersey with a logo on it with their logo on it, they're going to donate $20 to the Montreal Canadians children's foundation, which is super sweet, but it is totally engulfed in they're literally just shadiness. fucking paying, paying you to ad- walk around with advertising and add on them. Exactly. Exactly. And by no means am, am I hating on children? And I made a comment that Mason hates kids and I thought it was fucking hilarious, but uh, I don't like it. I, I, and someone that, that used to work with us a lot was just like, you know, well, the, you like soccer, Mason played soccer. You might still, I don't fucking know. Oh, uh, 
but you know, like you don't have a problem with a soccer jersey, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, that shit was established before I was a fucking kid. Like, I'm a, I'm a grown ass adult now. Hockey's well, never really been touched, and now oh. it's being violated because it's 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 the one of the lowest paying of the. It is the lowest paying of the big four. I mean, <clears throat> it's just tough. It's tough to be a part of that era when the shit is being forced in because of big business. Here's what I'll say to that. And so, yes, a former colleague of ours did say that to us. It was the same argument I said to him. In soccer, I can buy, like, I support Everton in the Premier League. I can buy an Everton jersey for 80 bucks. Okay. If I want to buy a hockey jersey, it's like 300 bucks. Exactly. 50. And you got to ship it over. And then if I have want, to support. If you want the C, if you want to get the letter with it, they actually charge an additional price. Absolutely. So like- you get a Nick Suzuki jersey, but if you want the C, it's more. And on top of that, like you said, um, yeah, it's been integrated into the sport. I don't think many people alive can remember a time when there weren't advertising on soccer kits. And thirdly, how many fucking people, and I know we live in Canada, I don't own a soccer jersey. No, I don't buy them because it's, you're buying an ad. Like, and you have to understand that that's a sport that they come out with new kits every fucking year, every year. And they don't just change the style. They'll change everything about it the color scheme colors they're they're not loyal to the no there's very few teams that are loyal to their original scheme barcelona real madrid but even they have alternates Mm -hmm. atletico madrid i mean like arsenal there, there are very few that keep their kits the same so it's different it's not a direct comparison and i don't know i just don't understand this why we're defending billionaires here but on the other hand uh to kind of make things brighter because you know not all advertising is evil um <laughs> we do have a message from our friends at DraftKings. that's right the nfl action is in full swing here at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl we're talking touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Not if you're betting on the fucking Ravens. Uh, If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? There's no fucking reason not to. You guys honestly should be fucking using DraftKings uh, but to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Uh, yeah, fuck the Ravens. Uh, I, I, a time, I was baby. so motherfucking excited. You know, like, 
and uh yeah so that happened um but we also have another ad read so mason get your fucking music ready because we have an ad read from raycon uh lately i personally have been listening to now let's pull it up i'm on my fucking spotify the new devil wears prada album color decay uh this album is really good exhibition the first song it was not a single it fucking hits hard it's got a really sick synthy part i'm not gonna lie i cry when i listen to fucking trapped uh it reminds me of a couple of people who aren't here with us anymore it reminds me of a lot of like past life problems um salt has like such a weird guitar in the beginning that's just like completely like not their style but i guess this is you know we're seeing a transition of this fucking band next fucking group i'm listening to um we talked about my chemical romance for about 25 minutes before this started so shout out my chemical romance their new song uh clicky clicky um is called the foundation of decay it's been out for uh it's been out for a couple of months it came out in may mason didn't know about it i hope you fucking listen to this mason check it out um let's see what else hawthorne heights the fucking 2008 album 2006 excuse me i've been listening that hard it's got saying sorry dead in the water which is my favorite song in the fucking album um and then honestly because mason listens to a lot of fucking country music i think he transcends country i think he is a a legitimate uh uh, we'll call him a renaissance man of just music glenn motherfucking campbell uh, i love glenn campbell so goddamn much i don't give country as much a listen in my heart but i swear to god you know songs like gentle on my mind which was his first true album i guess you can say he's got a couple before that where it was like the the 12 string man you know like like just his his guitar work uh but his first singing album i think is this one or there might be one before that i'm sorry i'm fucking rambling but gentle on my mind highway man fucking funny how time slips away which is his album that dropped right before he passed away it's got willie nelson on it. it's a great fucking song um the cover of mullen kintyre where this motherfucker rocks the bagpipes uh Gentle on my mind with Bobby Gentry is interesting. Sunday morning with Bobby Gentry. Also, I love the straight life. I think it's a hilarious fucking song because it's just got this funny little uh, way about it. And I mean, shit, dude, you can't go wrong with Ryan. So cowboy and uh country boy, AKA you got your feet in LA boys fucking slam that shit home on the way home in an Uber because we don't drink and drive, but fucking put that on. Tell me you're not going to scream that at the top of your fucking lungs. Mason, do you even listen to music? I do listen to music. <laughs> um, I didn't bring as many examples as you did. Um, on my lines, I've been listening to uh, Coulter Wall recently. Another country artist from Saskatchewan. Canadian Sketch. boy. Nice. Uh, if, if you're looking for a song, Johnny Boy's Bones. Other than that, though, I'd like to, uh, you know, let's let's keep talking hockey here you know thank well, we're you, not Ray done Con. with the fucking raycon ad so anyway it's been great one reason it's been great to listen to because i use my fucking raycon wireless earbuds to do it raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips baby for the perfect in-here fit these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not fucking budge trust me i wore them at the fucking saints game 
Uh, but Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime, which is perfect for when you're slaving at work and a 32 hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You can get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands like shitty fucking Apple. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Um, I say this all the time, but the best things, the noise isolation. I like to not listen to any other asshole while I'm listening to my music. Uh, and the earbud tap functions are revolutionary. I know that other people have them, but it is so much better than pulling my phone out constantly and having to pause shit. Um, but right now, go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off one more fucking time. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. How you like that fucking ad read, bud? Fucking beautiful, buddy. Sorry, sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to pump the brakes on you. You're just so ready. You just suck so fucking gung ho. And I know you got to go, and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. We Let's still keep her cruising. We still got stuff to talk about, though. We sure do. Well, we know what the fuck we're talking about. We're talking about the prospect games, Mason. Let's let's get her going. Yes. So the bong in the freezer. Get her going, bud. Habs played the rookie tournament. And uh, we got to see, finally, Slavkovsky playing against other teams in a Habs uniform, not just the scrimmage. We also got to see Philip Meshar, Jan Mishak, Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, Yanni uh, Fairbrother, Katie Gooley. The list goes on and on and on. And we got to see Owen Beck, who ultimately stole the show, stole the limelight from uh slavkovsky but let's talk about slav first now i know Corey, because he's a lazy bum he can't be bothered to fuck you it's not on local television it's not on television i don't want to hear it shit it's on youtube you can stream it oh yeah i can watch it now (coughs) no it was live streamed on youtube oh fuck and he you know doesn't doesn't keep up with the team he's not a real fan this don't so worry, rude. I was there. I watched, as I'm this sure most so of you guys did. Um, look, I'll be honest. I wanted more from Slav. Um, his physicality absolutely showed he was phenomenal. Like, went out there, threw the body, did what he needed to do. However, I'll just say it like it is. I didn't see enough from him. And he did his passing game phenomenal. He showed great vision. Um, and you know, a lot of people I think were upset with him. You know, I will say the puck died a little too much on his stick for my liking. And people were upset because he tried to take on the whole team, especially in the first game against Buffalo. But he kind of stopped that against Ottawa. Look, I wasn't that upset with him doing that because it's him feeling his way out. It's him seeing what he can get away with. And, you know, look, I don't put a lot of stock into this rookie tournament in the sense of no prospect that I can ever remember has gone into this tournament, blown it up, and then all of a sudden that was his coming out moment, okay? It never happens, ever. 
So mm-hmm. I say that to also kind of, you know, put pump the brakes on Owen back a little bit here, but we'll stick to Slav. Um, you know, I think you, you do want to see more from a first overall pick. You want to see him dominate. And Slav didn't do that. He was dominant physically on the boards and he showed off his physical skills, his speed. He had a great back check on the penalty kill to win the puck against the boards, throw it out. I believe it was to Meshar, score a shorthanded goal. He played good. And I think you see a lot of criticism because he just played good. And if you, if look, if you're a Slavkovsky, was a 20th overall pick or a second round pick, you'd be very happy with how he played. But the reality is he's first overall. Wanted to see a little bit more from him. I'm not concerned though. These idiots on Twitter and fucking other social media saying all like, what a boss. Like we clearly picked the wrong guy, blah, 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 blah. I don't put any stock into that. People overreact over everything. Like I said, I've never seen a prospect, you know, this, I've never seen a prospect blow up because of this tournament. I've also never seen a prospect fail because of this tournament. This tournament's fun. It gives us a little glimpse. The end of the day, it, it's like three games of guys who've never played together against guys who've never played together. Some of whom have played in the NHL, some of whom, are 17 years old it's it's i don't know i just don't put much stock into it at all that's fair um a little upset you just fucking dragged me through the fucking mud right there but you know what i gotta fucking support my household and i'm sorry i had to work every goddamn day and the day i didn't have to work was saturday which i thought the ottawa game was playing and i i I sit down and it's 12 o'clock and i go to fucking check my shit and guess what it's tomorrow when i have to work but anyway Thanks to people like Matt fucking Drake, who people on Twitter have been skull dragging because he's fucking pushing, you know, gifts and little video feeds for me to fucking catch up on shit that I can't and dragging him down because he's doing his job. Fuck y'all. Because this guy and other guys like him that are giving me a chance to watch shit as it's happening, you know, with like the three seconds I have in between changing kegs at the Superdome or working shitty country concerts that Mason likes. Um, you know, I'm sorry. It's, you just, you drug me through mud. I'm a little upset. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. People like Matt Drake matter because I wouldn't have the knowledge of this. Even, even without watching the game, I could at least know shit like Arbor Jack knocking the fucking shit out of Zachary. Can't pronounce his last name. Thank you. Zachary who? I don't know his name. Uh, it starts with an M. Massacote, uh, we'll call it that. Oh, you're talking about the Arbor Jack Eye fight? Yeah. Yes, Arbor Jack Eye, absolutely. Because you know what? Fuck him up. Doesn't fucking, you know, no one down here, there's like fucking three of us that give a fuck about the Habs. That shit's not really fucking flowing on my social media, maybe Twitter, but I can't spend my entire day on Twitter. But Matt Drake, who I got fucking thumbnailed for this type of shit i can just go to his stuff and i could see what i need to fucking see you know i can't catch all of it but guess what i can catch the the fucking glimpse of it that arbor jack guy is a fucking badass dude don't fuck around with him uh he's nail lumped in my brain with gianni fair brother <laughs> fucking got the oh, hands absolutely. uh jack guy had a great performance i think he showed off his physicality people are upset about that clip too because 
he threw a hit and someone got injured. Every time the Habs okay, play he's playing hard. Tournament, he's playing fucking hard. No, every time the Habs play a preseason game or rookie tournament against fucking Senators, someone gets hurt. They literally injured Jake because Evans. they hate. They fucking hate each other though. Like no, seriously, like and I. So there's no fucking like they don't have a horse a high. Get off their high horse. You have no leg to stand on. Okay. Secondly, it was a little late. It wasn't dirty. And everyone's pissed off about then the fact that they're all mad because he fought him too and all this shit. If you watch the clip, the, he KO'd the guy, and the guy's falling. He grabbed his shirt, his jersey, so his head wouldn't hit the ice. Arbor Jack guy is not a dickhead, okay? He's not a douchebag. He's not trying to hurt someone. He's just a big fucking boy. He's Everyone's playing his how, fucking game. He's playing the non. Talking, everyone's Keep talking going. about how big Slavkovsky is. Arbor Jack, I weighed in at 238 as well. What a badass. 6'4", 238. He's a big guy, but not the guy we're here to talk about. We'll wrap it up here, but we have to talk about Owen Beck. Owen Beck grew up, what, 15 minutes away from me. Local boy from me, from Port Hope, Ontario. Uh, That Mason's afraid to reach out to. (laughs) Was slotted to go in the first round. (laughs) <laughs> um, fell to the second. The Habs even said they were surprised he was there. So they snapped him up instantly. Was described as Shane Wright light. Um, the future Mr. Which, Game 7 <laughs> junior. Yeah, so he... Um, wow. That's comparisons <laughs> to Justin Williams are kind of out there. But yeah, so... It's just a hometown thing. I'm sorry. A cerebral player for sure. Showed off his intelligence. Showed off that two-way game. Also showed off offensive ability. This is a guy that has only played one year in the OHL due to COVID. Played well. Really just took control of this tournament. Started on the third line. Finished on the first with Slavkovsky and Mesha or Slavkovsky and Kidney. And really like turned a lot of heads. I think a lot of people knew of Owen Beck, knew that he had a, a pretty high floor but maybe a lower ceiling but this is a player that i i expect will probably stick around for a preseason training camp i don't think he's getting nhl games i think that's a little optimistic i've seen people say that but he's got the game the two-way presence that like this is a guy that could stick around see some training camp see some preseason games and this is, you know, a guy, like I said, he's played one year in the OHL. He needs to go back. He needs to develop. He needs to dominate. But this is an exciting prospect for sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm actually watching his clip over and over um, because I wanted to bring it up. The most pivotal thing that, I mean, he he played, he, he did tremendous. Thanks to Matt Drake. Keep me updated. I'm going to say his name like fucking 400 times. Uh, my favorite clip, though, is he gets the puck along the boards. He's Honestly, he's got two guys screaming up on him. He's got really nothing to do. He bounces off of a uh, off of a fucking hit and still continues to try to make something out of it. it it's it's little subtle plays like that that it's not you know he could have easily given up that puck, but he's so strong on the puck, uh, he's able to get it all the way to in front of the fucking goalie and try to make try to make a chance out of it. I think that's that's very integral to a young guy, like you said, that's only got one year in the O under his belt. I think that's, that's massive. And honestly, the Ottawa game looked obviously like, look, these teams don't fucking like each other. We talked about that with, 
with Jack Eye, um, and why would you not show out? You know, like this is your opportunity to show yourself. Um, like you said, Owen Beck really stole the show. Uh, but it's little subtle things like that that make me excited about him. Like he could have easily fallen over. He's sturdy as fuck, and he tried his best to make something out of that. That is something we need more of because this team honestly uh, loves to just fuck up every chance it can get. And I'm sorry to say that, but we do not uh, bounce back well off of second chances. And that was a great second chance. No, absolutely. And um, unfortunately, sorry, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to wrap things up here. Wrap still her up. Used, still getting used to the um, university atmosphere. Still trying to manage my time a little better. We'll have it, you know, it's good. We're doing it now though. We'll have it figured out for the, um, real important stuff during the regular season so we thank you for bearing with us and once again thank you for stopping by listening to Habs nightly we appreciate all this how dare you take my closing you want to close it today i did the intro that that, that tends to be the the thing all you right, do the well, intro I'll you leave, do the outro i'll, I'll leave it you go have then. a pepsi you go have a fucking pepsi Folks, thank y'all so much for listening. This has been Habs Nightly. If you have something to say to us, send it to www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs Nightly. I will make an email tonight because a lot of people, uh, it's a lot easier for them. And I keep fucking putting it off. I'm going to do it as I edit. But send us uh, a voicemail at www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs Nightly. We'll play it on the pod and we will respond to it. Thank y'all so much again. It's been Has Nightly. We love doing this for you guys. We hope you enjoy it. Please like and review our stuff on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. Uh, give us a follow if you're on Twitter at Habs Nightly, at myself, at Body Vendors. We hope you guys have a great night. We cannot wait to fucking talk to you guys again next week. We'll talk to y'all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.